WandaVision has arrived. And if you didn't like the first two episodes, you relate to a significant percentage of the hosts. We all have opinions coming up on episode 20 of Krypton to Alderaan. Krypton to Alderaan. Your father wanted you to have this podcast when you were old enough. <laughs> I finally got one. Uh, the timing was great. Timing was great. <laughs> I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, podcast. Robin. Hello. And Lorelai. Hello. We are the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture and content stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. But also sometimes we talk about stuff like Marvel TV shows. And uh, we all have opinions about that that I'm going to try to not take personally. <laughs> but before we get into all of that, what have we all been up to? What's going on, everybody? How about you uh, over there in that other studio halfway across the country from us? Robin's pointing at me, so I'll go first. Robin gifted me the uh, IMC3PO, Anthony Daniels. I guess it's sort of an autobiography, but it's, it's not really a biography. It's literally like... Here's what it was like being C-3PO. I was strapped inside of a metal golden rod, literally, and it sucked. And that's literally like him recounting how difficult it was to be C-3PO and how no one gave him any credit. And his name wasn't even on, like, the poster for the movie. And people forgot that there was even a person inside of his costume. (laughs) Well, that's how you know you're doing the best job. That's so I'm sad. sorry, that's not real. That's not right. That's sort of how he felt. It's it's a depressing read, though. He definitely is a little... Uh, uh, Salty. Yeah, a little bitter about not getting enough credit for being C-3PO. But I'm like halfway through. I It goes through like events of filming A New Hope and then Empire. And like it's like a chronological like recounting of filming everything as C-3PO. Yeah. Nice. So that's what I'm into. Cool. Reading. More reading. That's what I meant to say the other week when we were talking about what was great about 2020. By the way, if I could go back in time and and overdub that. Been doing a lot of reading. (laughs) Speaking of going back to 2020, you said your thing for this week was going to be 2020. So I'm glad you can't. No take backs. Darn. Oh, man. (laughs) The funny thing is, so we're podcast listeners. We're recording on a different day than we originally planned. And we're currently missing World News Tonight with David Muir. So come on, let's hurry this thing up along so we can see what's going on. Our priorities have changed and are different. (laughs) Next. This week, I'm into 2020. Uh (laughs) I didn't have a thing until 30 seconds ago. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Wait, 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 wait. What about the Roku? I mean, we can use the Roku to watch 2020. There we go. (laughs) Uh, so one of my gifts from Royce was a Roku because we have internet but not TV in the bedroom. Like there's a TV with no TV, TV services. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now we finally have TV in the bedroom. So that's fun because now I can watch nice. Bob's Burgers while I fall asleep. Very soothing. But anyway, this week Very I'm into soothing. 2020. <laughs> and what was this week's 2020 about? Uh, it was about the murder of Jean Benet Ramsey from like 1996. You guys oh, remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yes, do. And I'm super into the ones that are from either before I was born or things that happened in my childhood that like I have vague memories of it being a big deal. 
but I don't yeah. remember the details. Um, so that one was super, super interesting to watch because the whole time you're like, there's no way the parents didn't do it. And I yeah, still right. think the parents did it, but... I can't believe it's unsolved. They're definitely in the process of solving it, but I think, like, it's probably going to take another, like, 30 years before they figure out who actually did it. Like, the person who did it will be long dead by the time they figure it out. But anyway, that was interesting. Uh, I would definitely read more books about that. Hint, hint. Cool. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lorelai, what, what, what true crime thing are you into this week? Ooh, I don't know about true crime. Anything. What do you got? Um, I've been shopping for chickens, so that's fun. I get chicken catalogs in the mail now. <laughs> Nice. I feel like I've reached peak chicken lady. It didn't take very long. I really thought your chicken thing was lady. going to be, since we've last recorded, we've watched the entire MCU in oh, timeline order. Well, yeah, I feel, feel like that's something that's like our thing together, though. I thought that was going to be your thing. No, I have a whole other thing. Oh, well, we watched every Marvel movie in timeline order, except for the the Spider-Man movies yeah. because they're not on Disney Plus, right. but Disney Plus has this nifty watch in timeline order option. So we start at the beginning and here we are and our eyeballs are still in our heads. I was kind of expecting them to just like disintegrate <laughs> yeah. into piles of goo, but they didn't. We watched like two movies a night for a week and a half and worked out pretty well. Yeah. It's how you decompress from like jackhammering up floors or yeah. ripping down walls or the general stress of everything else that we're doing here. Yeah. When you're watching them, do they, like, does one end and it's like, now do you want to watch Iron Man 2? Does it just, like, scroll? Not, not quickly enough. Uh, so it's a it's a thing I have with Disney+. Plus. Like, even with, Wandav with stuff like WandaVision, at least for us, it doesn't automatically play the next episode until yeah. you get, like, three quarters of the way through the credits. We didn't stick around to watch the end credit scenes in any of the uh, yeah. Marvel movies that we watched because it was, I mean, I there was no the, reason to tease the next thing. Yeah. So uh, we didn't wait that long. But I, it's a really cool thing that Disney Plus does, I think, with this timeline order. And it was, yeah, it was fun to kind of watch them all in the order that actually makes the most sense. Yeah, it's really neat. What I was going to riff off of you saying that was I really like that feature, and it's something that I should have brought up last week when we were discussing, or last podcast episode when we were discussing all the Marvel news. We've watched them all now, 20 movies in 10 years. I mean, that's pretty incredible that they did it. What's even more incredible is that none of them are bad. Like, some of them are definitely not good, but none of them are, like, unwatchably bad. There's still good stuff in... In my opinion, Iron Man 2 and 3 are, like, not good movies, but there's still stuff in there that, like, you can watch You can watch them, and they're good. And I think that's a really incredible feat coming from, like, the 2000s superhero movies like X-Men and Spider-Man and stuff to starting the MCU and over 10 years making 20 movies, and really none of them are bad. So my point last recording should have been, like, Marvel hasn't let us down so far, I don't think. I'd agree. They got a good formula going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's a good or segue <laughs> into this thing that's going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to talk about the first two episodes of WandaVision and what we liked 
what we didn't like. And I think a few times through this, as I'm like speculating and pointing out comic book Easter egg stuff, we're going to hear Royce say stuff like, well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But I think I could speak for all of us when I say we like to speculate and interpret and especially when it comes to stuff like this. And there I've spoken for us and no one can take it back. So I love that you've, you've already played the podcast out in your head of what everyone's going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it's yeah. You, some might call that a neurosis and I call it a uh, good planning. So here we are. Um, all right. So I don't think there's any reason to sort of break this up episode by episode. So let's just, let's just take it all as a premiere. Sure. And man, you got your phone in your hand with your notes I ready just, to go. I I've got my talking points. <laughs> you wanna okay. Let's start talking <laughs> with points. After two episodes of this show, I really want to get into it and and like I said, get into what specifically we liked and what we didn't like. But I really enjoyed this show, the the premiere, the hook for this show. I think it's super fun. I think it's very comic booky, which is something that I think they're taking a chance on and really like that we've gotten to that point where we can take those chances. You know, they they feel like they don't have to take themselves as seriously as they did in the MCU. Um, and it's different than anything we've seen before, which I also really like. And most impressively, they've create. I think they've created this show that's really quirky and fun, but with this like sinister backdrop. Like there's something very, there's a very sinister mystery going on in the background, and I really like that. And on its face, it's this weird, quirky sitcom world. So that's it. I'm just taking a deep dive in. I really liked this show. We just watched it again before recording, so I wow. have a lot to say. But um, what first impressions from everybody, Royce? So. I agree with you that they're taking a chance. It's different. And we knew that going in that it was going to be weird and different. But I've never wanted to turn a TV show off more in my oh, entire man. life. <laughs> and I feel like I can justify that point further as we like get into some of the nitty gritty. But it was just a little too out of left field. And formatting wise, I think they could have done a better job making it more interesting while still having the like weirdness. Like it's, it's interesting. You're like, well, they have this sinister backdrop, but that was like a very small kind of like drop in the bucket versus like the whole sitcom -y nature of it. And Robin and I were just, well, I guess I can't speak for her, but I kind of can. Cause it, we were just like, when is something going to happen? Can we just, we know everything's weird. What's going on? Just get to the point. And like you said, we just got to wait and see. Like it's going to change. <laughs> no, that's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know enough to really like judge it on a whole. But as this premiere, man, I hated it. I was just so wow, painful. Hate. I'm sorry to use that term, but I wanted to turn it off. Anyway, what about Lorelai? Because I saw joey make a tweet and it was like i loved it much to the dismay of lorelei something of that point <laughs> that was more so just because he kept on pausing and then would rewind five seconds and be like i think i saw something on her desk and like look at something there are a lot of easter and i was eggs. like can we just watch the show <laughs> but um which we did but we had to stop a few times mm -hmm. um i mean i liked it i think it's gonna be one of those things that I'm going to like it more in like three or four episodes once I know more of what's going on. And then I would rewatch these first ones and be like, oh, that's fun. But at like when you're not in the know yet, it's like kind of annoying, I hmm. think. 
Um, and even if there are Easter eggs aplenty to a person like Joey, to a person like me, it's like, well, this is sort of a weird sitcom. It has some funny moments. Like, I know these characters are not acting like themselves. You know, like we've seen them in other movies and they're not being themselves. So it's like a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't desperate to turn it off. But I also am kind of like, well, okay. Maybe it'll get good. You didn't want to watch it twice is what I you're saying. I definitely didn't want to watch it twice. <laughs> well, we, we did. did. <laughs> I, I mean, other than Easter eggs, I didn't feel like we missed anything. You know, it was like. Yeah, no. I get it. We don't know what's going on. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, I think that's the point of these episodes is to make you feel like you don't know what's going on, which is fine. I like don't particularly like feeling like I don't know what's going on. I think there's ways to make TV shows where the audience has no idea what's going on but doesn't, like, make you feel like you don't know what's going on, right? Yeah, we're going to get back to that point. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was fine. I'm in the middle, I think. Yeah. I didn't hate it, and I'm not Joey. Pick a side, (laughs) Lorelai. I refuse. (laughs) If you're not with us. (laughs) Which, are you with Captain America, or are you with Tony Stark? I don't know which one of us. I guess he's... I don't know which one of us is which. I think <laughs> I Royce is either. Tony Stark. <laughs> I don't know. What about you, Robin? It was pretty much exactly what I expected. It was terrible and disappointing, I guess I would say. I like old TV shows a lot, like, and quirky stuff. Like, The Munsters is one of my, like, top three favorite TV shows. So I can deal with, like, old, black and white, like, cheesy, corny humor. But I wanted more, like, The first episode only had like one or two things where you're like, what is that? What's going on? Second episode had a little bit more. So I assume the formula is each episode, they're going to have a little bit more and a little bit more. But I want more of that. Or alternatively, I want it to be only a fun, corny TV show with like no mystery or like just a mysterious, suspenseful TV show, not like a combination of the two. And I want more of that mysterious stuff breaking up the corniness because otherwise like they're probably my two least favorite Marvel characters so I didn't really want to watch it to begin with and I was really hoping I was going to be wrong but I was not wrong for what I was expecting and what I saw I was not wrong and I I hope it gets better and I hope it gets more suspenseful and I hope eventually Mm -hmm. I'm like okay this show's good now but as of right now I don't ever want to watch it again right well, that's a good point. Maybe they're trying to sort of wean us all into this. And and as the show evolves, it will be more that reality breaking. Well, I think that that's the way it is going to go as the show continues that reality that someone's created, whether it's Wanda or somebody else that they're stuck in, continues to break. We'll get more of the real world breaking in. And we get a little bit of that. We get the real sort of crux of that, I think, at the end of the second episode. But I guess we'll get to that. Um, Before we end up going either into Easter eggs or like shitting on it further, uh, I uh did like that, Lorelai, you're like, oh, well, I kind of like laughed at a few parts. Like when they were doing that magic show skit, like there were some bits that I thought did land as just like, oh, I'm kind of enjoying this. But on a whole of the like, I don't know what's going on. Like that's what I didn't like. But there were little quirky events. If this was like a like, just little teasers of like a 30 second gag. Like it hits 
just fine in the trailer because the intrigue is there and it's weird. But then you get a whole 20 minute episode of them in black and white doing these parody sitcoms. And it's like too elongated, even though there's some little funny tidbits in between. So it wasn't all bad. And I think think part of for me also is like that era of sitcom has never appealed to me, really. So like maybe once we get into the sitcoms that are like a little bit more that like style, like they're they're about to change the style of the sitcom, it seems like. Right. We're like there's going to be color. We're like in the 70s or 80s now, probably in the third episode. But like, like, yeah, but like the 50s, 60s sitcom where it's like the housewife having cooking problems for the her husband's boss, like that's just never appealed to me. And that style of humor has never really appealed to me. So I'm thinking that I might like it more. It's had nothing to do with superheroes. That's for sure. It was just that fifties TV show. So if you didn't like that kind of uh, genre, you're out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of maybe one of the fun things about this show is that if you don't like that genre, maybe you'll like the next one. It's like going to change every episode or every other episode. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to get to a Friends version. That's what I keep kept thinking. Like, are we going to get to like they're making Friends, but with Wanda and Vision? That would be fun. But I'm with Robin a little bit more like I like those old sitcom shows like I liked Bewitched and the Munsters and those shows so the idea of this show appealed to me when when we started learning more about it before the premiere but I think I think there is a lot of stuff not even having to do with easter eggs that sort of reveals the back the sinister backdrop of it that made it really intriguing to me not only because I knew hey their address means something or the bottle of wine means something or stuff like that As an example, Vision goes to work and he's doing like the computational work. And then he's like, what do we do here? Indicating that either A, it's his first day or B, no, he just like no one knows what that company actually does. Like it's a front for something. And in fact, the whole that whole reality is a front for something. And one of his coworkers says, we compute data and you're the best at it or something like that. Like you're like a human computer, which knowing that it's set in a fake reality, but that vision is computing data for somebody. I don't know. The question starts to arise, like, what are they actually having him do? Is it someone using vision to sift through or compute this data? Or is it like, I start to think, is it vision and Wanda recreating the mind stone to rebuild vision? And that's where this reality is stemming from. And that's why they're stuck in here. So all of those little things that like, I don't know, I wouldn't call those Easter eggs, but it's very intriguing to me, those little pieces of dialogue that sort of feed into and ask bigger questions within the show especially since it's set in such an old-timey thing. I don't know. I found that stuff super interesting. But there are Easter eggs. But first, did anyone else enjoy those moments or were you intrigued by those moments or was it all just kind of in the gobbledygook of the old-timey sitcom, nothing's really happening, no superhero stuff is going on-ness of the show for you? What do you think, Robin? I mean... I didn't really think too far into any of that. I just assumed when they were like, what do we do here? That they were just like making fun of old TV shows where the husband goes to work and you don't really know what he does. He's like in a suit in an office with a bunch of other people in a suit and he's having dinner and he's getting promotions because his wife cooked a really good meal. Like, I just assumed that was all part of like, we're making fun of these sitcoms. I think it's both, though. I think it's like being very sort of meta, I guess, in that way where it's 
it's being that old sitcom, but it's also asking those questions because Vision doesn't know why he's there and Vision doesn't know what he does. And maybe it's three things. It's like asking those questions because it's that sitcom. It's asking those questions because making fun of the sitcoms and it's asking because Vision doesn't know and something else is going on. None of us know. It's really confusing. Here's (laughs) what I think. I may go on a tangent. I apologize, friends and listeners. The problem is that they're in this fake world, right? So you're just, we know that it's already fake. Like we already know the kid from the sixth sense is dead or whatever. Like you- that's not how it went. Whatever it is. You (laughs) You already know that what you're watching is not reality. Like you're saying, it's an alternate reality. We don't know why they're in there and we don't know what greater role that's playing. So that's your mystery that you want solved. But it's hard to care about that like as as a present while you're watching it in real time because you're like, what's the point? I know these guys are superheroes. How do they wind up here? I do want to know that. The only thing I can think to equate it to is something like, like obviously like Twilight Zone or whatever, but I think it works really well if you compare it to Lost where you don't know the island in Lost is like in nowheresville and is moving through time and all these other crazy mysteries on that island. But you do meet the characters and you learn about them and you see them interacting in society. But you know that they crashed on a fucking island. So it makes sense that like they don't know where they are because they crashed on an island. You know, it's a normal scenario. It's a little bit wild, the things they experience on the island in Lost. But your introduction to it makes sense why they're there. And then you're kind of like, part of the crew you're lost on the island with them you go through the experience a little bit more naturally whereas you're just like all right they're in a 1950s sitcom i wish i knew why they were here but i don't so i don't fucking care and they're doing it backwards so you were like but the part at the end and they they show the little guy in the bee suit we already know that there's something going on though so they they did the reveal backwards See, I I understand what you're saying, but I disagree to some extent because I, well, because I watched it and enjoyed the mystery and enjoyed the lead up. Like in the first episode, like Robin said earlier, there's one or two things that allude to a real world out there sort of breaking in. And then by the second episode, there's a few more ending with the guy in the bee suit. And that to me is like the evolution of the mystery. You're getting fed more and more as as it goes on. So maybe, well, your point to it being backwards, maybe in some respects, but I don't think so because, well, if in you're my watching opinion, Lost, Joe, if you're watching Lost and they're on a crazy island and they're like, where are we? But you didn't know they crashed on a plane to get there. And you'd be like, why didn't they tell you they crashed on a plane? Like, and that's why they're all together because they well, all these random people were on the same plane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just a little bit different. Obviously, they're trapped in some kind of alternate reality and the mystery is figuring out why. The mystery for Lost was not figuring out why they were on the island. I mean, I guess it was later. I, that's <laughs> just too confusing. But, <laughs> but at the onset, the mystery wasn't finding out why they were on the island. The mystery of this show is finding out why they're trapped in this alternate reality. Sure. But their reality on like, I don't mean to like hammer it home with Lost. I just think it's the next best thing. But weird stuff is happening to the characters on Lost. They see ghosts. They see like polar bears and things that are out of the ordinary. So you don't know if they're dead or whatever. Like you assume the same things that we're assuming about Wanda and Vision. 
within this show. It's literally the same thing. It's just not interesting how they got there. You're just supposed to assume a lot of stuff. Like you said, it's it's different. I don't think that format is as satisfying as the way that Lost did it, because that's just the greatest show of all time, right? Wow. <laughs> right, Robin? Yep. <laughs> I Especially love Lost. the ending. Yep. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you, what do you think, Lorelai, to Royce's point? I think the show is different because there's never any pretense that that reality is real. Like, if they had started the show with Wanda and Vision, like, hanging out in an apartment in New York City in 2020, then you, like, didn't really, like, we know that Vision's dead. Right. Like, you know... So we would have been like, what What could this be? But it seemed super real. That, And then, like, they slowly revealed that the reality wasn't real. That mm. would have been, like, maybe a little less jarring. But they make it, or, like, a little bit less annoying, I guess. I'm like, the only one on board here, listeners. From the beginning, you know that the reality, like, that it's not real and that it's all fake. And you have no idea why, which I think... I don't know, maybe Joey's just more okay with that uncertainty than the rest of us. But I think it's, I guess it makes it very different because I think you're right, Royce, that most shows like to keep the fact that everything's a lie, a secret Mm. for a lot longer than this show did. Yeah, well, all I'm saying is I think it's a fun way to have done it. Like if Vision and Wanda started off in an apartment in New York City in present times and then it was revealed later that it was fake, I, I think that this way is just more fun. Like they're just doing it in a very sort of nonsensical, fun way in my opinion um and i really enjoyed it i will i will say that i will enjoy it more if wanda has created this alternate reality and she's trying to do something like put the mind stone back together to get vision back or to hide her in vision so that they can live a normal life like that seems to be what it's about and wanda keeps saying that she said you know we've just moved here i want to fit in she obviously just wants to lead a normal life without the burden of the avengers and the you know she was erased from existence vision was destroyed they obviously just want to have a normal life and i will find it less appealing if it's because of something someone else is doing like i don't want someone i don't want someone to have trapped them in a 1950s sitcom i want it to be the i want it to be wanda's vision of what their perfect life would be like evolving through sitcoms but that to quote my dear friend royce we'll just have to wait and see we could all be like we're all probably wrong first of all like it's not going to be what you think, Joe. It's not going to be what any of us think. It's like where you just have to wait and see. And they'll I think tell it you might what it be is. what I think. The the reveal, though, they have to make <laughs> a reveal. Think it's the reveal has to be extra satisfying, though, since you already know it's fake. It's like when you watch an M. Night Shyamalan film and at the end, like they have that twist in the plot. And you're like, oh, I wasn't thinking that the whole time. But we already know that something has to happen. So we obviously are intrigued by the mystery, but it better be a good mystery like if if they just wake up and she's like it was a dream you know like that's dumb at that point you know you already knew it was a dream yeah there's definitely something going on so in the first episode when the hearts come over for dinner i think that's the first part when we really get sort of a breakdown into maybe a breakdown of the world right when they're questioning them at dinner and they're like where did you come from when were you married yeah they have no details yeah was that scene appealing to anyone as like the sort of mystery tread of the whole thing? Like Mr. Hart is interrogating them and then he starts to choke, I think is sort of a defense, you know, either Wanda's defense or something 
not wanting to be questioned. And then Mrs. Hart, obviously just saying, please stop. She starts saying it to her husband and ends up saying it to Wanda. And there's obviously what I, my point is there's a breakdown of the fake world. Yeah. There's like a fourth wall thing. That's a perfect opportunity to then you hear the, and then you flash back (laughs) and you're off of the Island and they give you some more information to further like, Hey, what is going on? You know, like that's, I hate to to be like a lost fanboy. That format fucking works, dude. Okay, here's the other thing. You do see Wanda and Vision like cutscenes a couple different times. Like they followed an A plot and a B plot, sort of, but it's just those two characters. You know, they don't go anywhere else. You don't get to meet the good guys and the bad guys or any other players. It's just, I know it's Wanda Vision, but it's just that one single story. So they don't give you enough info, but they do intrigue you. Because you're like, here's a moment of tension. Are they going to give us any info? Nope. They're just teasing us until next week because we have to stay Disney Plus subscribers. Find out. <laughs> Except then, luckily, they released two episodes at once. Yeah. So well, maybe that's they why they did it. If they premiere. did one episode, I don't think people would have been happy because yeah. they don't reveal much more in the second, but I guess a little more. I don't know if, if there's more cool Easter eggs, but... Mm-hmm. Did you like that scene, Robin? No. I'm just wondering, <laughs> is it so is it is it announced that it's only going to be like a limited series or is this gonna be like a multi season show? You already want it to end. That's your big that's your surprise question of the week. When I'm, will this end? I'm hoping <laughs> five episodes done out. Well, <laughs> it's gonna no, get it's gonna get more interesting. I think yeah. it will be short. I don't think any of these things are gonna be long. Um, I don't know if it was announced how many episodes it is, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, is six. Loki is six or eight or something, mm-hmm. I think. So I think this'll this'll uh follow the same course but oh god I've, I've written so much here that i thought were interesting little tidbits but man not to you guys well I, you can rapid fire some easter eggs if you think that's cool because i i feel like we've all pretty much there's not much more to talk about of how we've enjoyed it i could go on of how i think they could have done it differently forever but <laughs> i think we all know where we stand so then to cap off the first episode i i think the biggest reveal is the credits start to roll and they pull back through the TV and we see that someone's monitoring them. Right. So someone is tuned into this. So it, it again asks the question, is Wanda creating this fake reality? Is someone else creating this fake reality? To what end? All those mystery questions that I love. But we see a logo with a sword in it. And that is the symbol for the organization sword, which is sort of the space version of shield. It's, Earth's defense against extraterrestrial enemies. And so you pull back and you see that. And with comic book knowledge at my side, I'm wondering if S.W.O.R.D., you know, if is S.W.O.R.D. creating that reality? Are they using Vision? Are they using what's left of Vision to protect Earth? Are they trying to put Vision back together? And, and how does it all fit together? And is Wanda, how did Wanda get in there? And is S.W.O.R.D. trying to get Wanda out? What's going on? That's, that's the biggest thing. What's going on? What's the deal with WandaVision? Yeah. The second episode, again, really interesting start uh, to me, starts off in the very comedic way of them like hearing noises outside and Vision gets scared and like hops back in bed and it turns out to just be a tree banging against the window. And obviously it wasn't. It's another 
breakdown of this fake reality, like something's going on outside. Some kind of battle is going on outside of this reality and working its way in. Oh, I thought they were being like surveilled by like that little drone or something. What little drone? She finds like a helicopter. Oh, the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a battle's going on outside, whether it's because of them or for them, whether someone's protecting them. But I don't know. It's hard to talk about this now because I thought it was a really interesting sort of device that they were using to show how this reality is constructed. Like, Wanda is asleep, and I think she's creating the reality. So Wanda's asleep, and something starts breaking in, and you can hear noises from the real world. And then she wakes up, and it turns out to just be a tree banging up against the window. Yeah, so when stuff happens that she doesn't like, like, her powers get rid of it or whatever. Just like at the end of the episode, episode two, she sees the guy and she's like, no, not today or whatever, right? And she like rewinds time or something. So she's stopping the entrance of real things happening. She's like in her own made up fairy tale land. Right. But isn't that cool? She's creating this reality for her to her envision to be in. Dude, this is only going to be interesting. Like I, one of you said it in retrospect, like if you watch the next couple episodes, you're like, Oh, now I get it. I have to see inception twice before I understand what the hell is actually going on. You know, like to appreciate it, you can't, you can't do what we're doing and take it at, at face value, or at least the lay people like us, we're not thinking about Easter eggs, and I'm not I'm not reading that much into it. I liked it. <laughs> you can like it. It's okay to like it. And I will, and I'll tweet on behalf of the podcast and tell the <laughs> world. We hear it again with what we think is a lawnmower going on, and then we hear a crash, and, it, and then she finds that colorful helicopter thing, which, again, is obviously something from the outside world. And that helicopter has that sword logo on it, so obviously something's going on there, some kind of mystery. What do you guys think of Katherine Hahn as Agnes? I really like her. Isn't she fun? That's yeah. a fun part of the show. I liked her. I thought she was awesome in Parks and Rec, and that's the only thing I've ever seen her in that I liked her because I thought her as a person seemed really great for that character. So to watch her as like a 50s housewife or whatever, that was really hard to watch because it made it, she felt extra, extra corny. Yeah. It was on point for the like the parody of it though. I do think it was supposed to be corny. Yes, in a parody satire kind of way. That character, Agnes, I think will end up being a character from the comics named Agatha Harkness, I think her name is. She's another witch and she like teaches Scarlet Witch about magic and her powers and stuff. And I think it's it's pointed out because she's sort of being her guide through at least the first two episodes, she's her guide. She welcomes her to the to the neighborhood and then also introduces her to like the party planning committee and stuff like that. That will be another fun thing, I think, to explore going forward, but it's a little Easter eggy thing that I thought was cool. Something else I think that's interesting is, again, Vision goes to like the neighborhood watch meeting and it turns out that they're all just gossipers, which is fun. But so Vision comes up with a piece of gossip and he says norm's a communist which is a funny thing there's like a laugh track or actually some of it was filmed in front of an actual audience wow which is pretty fun also but um he says norm here is a communist which is funny but i also think it points to vision having some kind of awareness that these people are not that they're not real i don't know how to say it correctly that they're that they're outsiders that that there's something else going on here 
like Norm's a communist. He's not from here. And I think it's pointing to like the people in Westview are not real people. They're people from the outside world making their way in somehow. So it's little tidbits like that that I picked up on that I thought were really fun, interesting, mysterious parts of the show. That's one of two things in this episode that I think allude to the evil version of S.H.I.E.L.D. called Hammer in the comic books, which I think would be a really interesting way to go. And if Hammer is like fighting S.W.O.R.D., then that's what we're hearing with the explosions and the helicopter crashing and stuff like that. Sure would be nice to see all this amazing action that's going on. Well, I think we in the trailers, we see, we definitely see more of the outside world is coming. Like we see, what's her name from Thor? Darcy. Mm-hmm. We see Darcy from Thor. We see Wu from Ant-Man, Agent Wu. Um, so we know that the outside world is going to be more part of the show and there's some kind of battle going on out there. And we're also introduced to Geraldine, who is Monica Rambeau, who's the little girl from Captain Marvel, all grown up. She's in this show now. Hmm. Did you guys know that part? Nope. She must be an agent of S.W.O.R.D. or something like that. And so then a big part of this episode was like the weird culty for the children chant that they did. That was weird. So in the comic books, Wanda and Vision have children, twins. So I'm, you know, it's a question of is it alluding to that or... As I pointed out last week, could this be the setup for mutants? Are they talking about mutant children and this is all having to do with that? Did you guys like any part of this episode? I know, Royce, you said during the magic show you thought some parts were funny. I think I thought this is in both episodes. I thought Paul Bettany was pretty funny. I liked him a lot. I mean, I also liked um, Elizabeth Olsen in both of these as well. I liked her a lot. They're starting to turn me around on her character a bit as far as the MCU goes. But man, I thought he was really funny in this episode, especially when he's swallowed the gum and it's all... Drunk vision. Yeah, drunk vision. That's funny. Is there a part of this episode that that you liked, Robin? I liked... I liked the end with the guy in the bee suit because I like I like the weird <laughs> one second. Yeah, I like the weird creepy stuff where you're like, what is that? What is going on? But the rest of the stuff where it's just like the mask for whatever is happening. I want to know what's actually happening. I don't want all the weird. Now we're just cooking a meal. Yeah, I don't want any of that. I would rather the show just be. <laughs> The guy in the bee suit where you like, oh, what, who is that? And what, like, what is sprinkle he? it in? No, the whole thing should be that. <laughs> it's Ryan Johnson directed episode. It's just a man in a room in a bee suit. <laughs> yep. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Royce, what a look. I don't even know how to. <laughs> well, I'm kind of daydreaming at the same time. There's another show I think you could kind of compare it to, but none of you are going to really care about it. I assume like with Better Call Saul the prequel to Breaking Bad that focuses on Saul Goodman before he was like the infamous lawyer on Breaking Bad. It has a really, really, really slow burn when you start that series. You know he ends up being a really cool, like funky, entertaining character in the Breaking Bad timeline, but it starts when he's like just becoming a lawyer and it is kind of incredibly boring and super slow paced. But when you finally get through it, it's like, oh, that's a pretty cool ride. And it, it's like life. Life is fucking boring as shit. But when you look back on it, you're like, whoa, lots of crazy stuff happened. I got a story to tell. I'm writing a book. I'm making a podcast. What do you know? And that is what this show is going to be. Like, it's so 
freaking boring, these two episodes. There's nothing to take away from for me that's like, you have to see this show. It was great. The Transformers came and they were like, Autobots, roll out. And like, that didn't happen, you know? You got the one split screen, uh, but it it will grow over time. I mean, we got 10 minutes in and I was like, Can, do we have to watch the rest of this? We do. I committed us. I know. So we watched it. <laughs> I, I, we seriously considered being like, we can't talk about this. Like, and obviously it's, it's hard to talk about. It. I don't want to shit all over it, but that's how I feel. I, like maybe if I, we could have sat down and binged the entire season or series or whatever maybe then because then they're 20 something minute episodes so if you have three or four episodes at least you can watch and you're like we sat down for like an hour ish we watched half the season or whatever and it got interesting but just the two episodes by themselves was not enough for me to have anything nice to say about it so far <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. If there's going to be six episodes, if you put them all together, it's one Marvel movie. You know, if you had been 20 or 30 minutes into a Marvel movie and weird things started happening, you'd have been like, okay, it's picking up now. And like, I'll watch it till the end of the movie. But it's if since it's a TV show, it's kind of like, well, now I have to wait a week. <laughs> they're not pacing it like per episode. They're pacing it for the entire season. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. The, that's kind of the issue. That is their, that's what they've built this entire empire on, though. The tight knit, I don't know, story that's told over yeah. so many movies except, over so many years. Except these episodes, the main conflict is like, we have to prepare for a magic show that doesn't actually exist. <laughs> and not like, you know, one Marvel movie of like something that actually contributes to the long term plot. Right. Well, or they have to find water because they're on a desert island and yeah. they need to survive because they're real human beings. Stop talking about Lost. <laughs> I was talking about Gilligan's Island. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually that brings up a really good point. Actually, now that you've brought it up, Royce, thank you. Lost versus Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Lost worked one way and Gilligan's Island worked another way. And maybe and because this TV show is set in this sitcom reality, it's working like a sitcom and not like a whatever you would Drama. call Lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. What a thought. Wow. Good. Good thought, Joey. That's a real interesting <laughs> point for something. <clears throat> Lorelai, what did you like about this episode? Um, <laughs> we know, you know, we know what everybody didn't like, mm -hmm. and that's everything. <laughs> what so, did um, I like about it? I guess when he said "flourish." Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> flourish instead of like whatever he's supposed to do. When he said, funny. "I was just playing with his shoes," when <laughs> yeah. the person in the horse that's puppet walked by. Your favorite part of the episode. <laughs> I laughed so hard both times I watched it. Yeah, um, they're stone faced. Yeah, so. Watching Joey laugh about horseshoes was really funny. <laughs> um, I think Paul Bettany did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, I guess, no, you asked for things I did like. Um, <laughs> I Okay, another problem, I mean, I don't know. Another problem I have with this style of sitcom is, like, the female characters are just, like, so terrible in a lot of ways. It's like, oh, of course there's, like, the neighborhood bitch who controls everything. And, like, we have to watch these women be really mean to each other. Like, yeah, that's how it is or how that's how it was. And it's just, like, I, I don't know. It's like, I don't really need to watch that. But I did think the magic show was very funny. And I, I'm glad that they made Vision drunk for it instead of just, like, 
having them do their actual magic show, like I that would have been really boring. So I think it was kind of a fun and like the cartoon of the gum going into his like yeah, ears. It's was very funny. like bewitched. Yeah. I dream um, of genie. So that was good. Some of that yeah. sounds like it plays into what Joey was saying about like the fourth wall breaking where Vision was like, I'm just going to do some magic stuff. And then he's like, this is normal. And obviously he was like drunk or whatever, but he's like, I'm yeah. just going to use my powers. And Wanda's like, no, you can't use your powers. We need to like explain this with physics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And even when she was hanging out with all those neighborhood bitches, she was like, oh, I'm wearing pants. Is that okay? I mean, I'm just being me. I just am trying yeah. to be me. Why can't I just be me? I got to pretend to like this lady. So she's like pushing back on some of the tropes of 1950s society yeah. at the same time. So yeah. that's obviously like she's still in the real world to a degree there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things going on there. One Wanda just wants to fit in. And it's a seminal part of mutant and X-Men creation that those characters, that the discrimination against different people and it's coming forward in the show and she keeps bringing it up. She's like, we just want, I just want us to fit in somewhere. I think that's a big deal. But I think it's also in evolution of the show Maybe you don't like those characters existing that way, particularly the the women in that time and in that style of sitcom. And Wanda is coming to see that and understand that too. Like everyone's wearing skirts and I'm wearing pants. Is that okay? And she's changing the reality so that changes. Like they're in black and white and they're in this old timey bewitched sitcom and she sees all this stuff and, and changes the reality so it's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another really interesting thing. Am I, am I, is this... That resonated. Is this working on anybody? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's true to an extent, but I don't think she's changing the reality because she has a problem with the people in it. She's changing the reality because the real world broke into that reality and now she's like, shoot, yeah. I have yep. to like figure out a way to hide myself from this again. You um, know, it's like... I think yeah. it's a little bit of, I know what you're saying and I agree, but I think it's a little bit of everything. The second part we see reality break in, I think, is when she is talking to the neighborhood bitch and Help Me Rhonda starts playing on the radio. Yeah. And I thought that was really great because it's obviously an homage to the fine film Short Circuit 2 when the good guys are trapped and they play Help Me Rhonda so that the robot can find them and save them. Don't you guys remember that movie? No. Definitely don't. No, I thought that they were like muffling it so it sounded like Help Me Wanda, yeah, obviously. Yeah, definitely Help Me Wanda. I wrote in my notes here, say all that stuff, and then pause for laughter. Uh, obviously well, we could it's... just put a laugh track in it like this terrible TV show. I don't think it's a track all the time. They they actually filmed some of it in front of an audience um, just to glaze over the negative things you just said. Uh, but it's obviously, yeah, help me, Wanda, and then someone asking who's doing this to you, which makes me think, again, well, at this end, the end of the show, is that Wanda has created this space for herself to live a normal life with Vision. Back to Lorelai, your point about Wanda changing reality because S.W.O.R.D. found them. The guy in the B-suit, again, the S.W.O.R.D. logo is on his suit, and she says no and rewinds time and everything sort of goes back to normal. But at the end, she's pregnant, and she says, Vision, is this really happening? And he says yes, and it changes from black and white to color, which again is the evolution of the show. But I also think it's very important that when Thanos ripped the Mind Stone out of Vision, 
he turned black and white. And now we're seeing him turn from black and white to color. So I think that they are rebuilding the stone or rebuilding vision somehow. And the evolution of the show is going along with the evolution of Vision being reborn because he was killed in front of Wanda and she loves him and she misses him, so she's trying to rebuild him. I thought that that was pretty incredible. Like, we see, well, and also we just watched it, but you can, I mean, the transition there, I think, is very important. We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) That was Royce you just heard. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's the end of the first two episodes. I think, in conclusion... I can speak for all of us when I say we loved it and we'll be watching, waiting for more. I can't wait and neither can the rest of us um, to unravel this mystery. Does that sound about right? Yeah. (laughs) You're in your own reality. (laughs) I've created created this reality where (laughs) we all really enjoyed this and can get together in person and watch it. So I guess my question for the end of this, not the surprise question, but my question for the end of these episodes was going to be, did this hook us? Are we looking forward to more? So I guess let's go around the room. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still want to know what's happening. Like, I want to know, like, what's going on behind the curtain. So I will keep watching. Mm -hmm. I also have to because I live with you. So... I think it's going to be one of those things where in four episodes when stuff is finally coming out and we understand what's going on, I'm going to think back and be like, oh, those episodes weren't so bad. So, yeah, I look forward to that day. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Robin? No and no. I hope it gets better, but I'm not looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Royce? Funny, you should ask. Uh, I'm with Lorelai. Like, the human curiosity... You're like, so are they dead or not? Like, you you didn't go see the blockbuster film, but you just want someone to tell you, like, so is Kylo related to Rey? You know, you just want to just give me the answer or whatever at the end of the day. I'm curious to see what happens just purely based on human curiosity. I don't give a shit about watching the next episode, though, especially if it's going to be the same format and we get one second of interesting stuff. Pick up the fucking pace. Dude, we are in the era of streaming. How many goddamn shows can I watch? I don't need to watch WandaVision. There's way more interesting shows out there. I'm sorry. Maybe in retrospect, I'm wrong. Dude, give me a baby Yoda. Are you fucking kidding? Where's the baby Yoda? There was no baby Yoda. Mandalorian ruined us. It did. But that was that's really good TV, though. That's why I'm harping back to Lost, an era of TV that is no longer... Robin's going to wrap it up. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, though. The whole, like, like you can't stream Lost when it originally aired. Like, it was, you had to come back next week. I don't need to come back next week. I can watch 50,000 other shows. I'm going to watch Ghost Town Living on YouTube because that is some riveting shit. Listeners, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> I think you're right. We live in an era of binge-watching television this show probably would have been great to binge watch. It's not great to like sit around for a week and speculate. <laughs> and I great. respectfully disagree and love <laughs> all of you, but I am excited to keep watching. I like the slow burn. I like that it's not lost. I like, or Gilligan's, or I, I like that it's something new and it's very intriguing to me. And the mystery unfolding is intriguing. And as a comic book fan, I love all the Easter eggs and I love being able to pause it and rewind it and say, oh, there's a hammer on the 
sign in the background, does that mean that this organization is going to be in it and stuff like that? So I'm excited to continue. I really enjoyed it. So one out of four ain't bad. That's what I always say. Listeners, uh, keep listening. Well, so we started this conversation saying Marvel can do no wrong or whatever. Like they clearly thought about what the format of the show should be. So they decided it's not going to be they crash on an island and they're stranded and they got to get off. They chose to have it just already start off right in that reality. And there is a reason for it. So it'll be revealed. Yeah. 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 And I think maybe our perspective is a little bit colored because we just binge watched 20 Marvel movies. <laughs> so like at this point in time, we are very heavily invested in Marvel and we like are very, I don't know. I have a pretty strong recency bias. So like, because I just watched all those movies, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally want to know what's happening with Wanda and Vision right now. So baby, if I hadn't just watched all the movies, I probably would have been like, I mean, I know who these characters are, but I don't give a shit about them. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just, yeah. And I'm just always going to care because this is what I've cared about for your whole life forever. So here we are. Okay. It's surprise question time with Joey, (laughs) with me, Joey. What's everyone's favorite superhero? Robin? Uh, Captain America. All right. That was easy. <laughs> I feel, I've, if you're going superhero Captain America, if you're going superhero universe character Loki. Mm. But superhero, definitely Captain America. Yeah. Okay. Great. Royce? I was going to say Magneto, but he's not a hero. How about so Doctor much. Strange? Oh, yeah. I do like Doctor Strange. All right, so here's my top three. <laughs> top Great. villain is Magneto. And then top two, uh, tied for top two, is going to be Doctor Strange and Professor X. But I like Professor X more because that's like plays back to me more as a child. I was only introduced to Doctor Strange uh, with the new movie. But he's my favorite of the new Marvel ones because, dude, they just know so much and they're like uber powerful. Doctor Strange is incredible in mm-hmm. Infinity War. They they. They did a really great job in Infinity War. <laughs> Lorelai? This is really hard because we just watched them all, so I Well, there's other there's a whole there's them. other oh, right. superhero Besides universes. Mar- I mean, having just watched them, I think Bruce Banner slash the Hulk is my favorite as a scientist myself. Mm-hmm. They are they're always joking about who the strongest Avenger is. Mm. Like the Hulk is <laughs> obviously the strongest Avenger. There's no question. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Hulk. Yeah, they did that character real justice. In or these Captain Marvel. As well. I mean, she might actually be the strongest Avenger. Does she count as an Avenger? She's not really an Avenger. She counts as an Avenger. She just yes. like shows up sometimes. Okay, those two are very tied. strong recency bias. I do. I told you that. <laughs> um, what about you, Joey? Oh, me. Um, <laughs> it's Superman. Yeah. By like a lot. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you made it this far, wow, I can't believe you can put up with our fiery opinions. And by we, I mean me and the calm collected opinions of the other hosts on the podcast. Hey, Lorelai was on this one. That's pretty cool, right? (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, the other locations. You're listening to it there. So log in, leave a review, uh, and follow us on Twitter at Krypton Alderon and tweet at Joey about how much you hated this episode so we can continue this lovely dialogue on the next episode of Krypton to Alderon. And you can also email us 
Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. And that's the show. I have been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. I have been Joey. <laughs> and we've been Krypton, Krypton to Wonder. Wonder.